I'll say this. I hate when I have slow internet and I hate getting hostility from business computer guys. Uh, If you're sick and tired of yours and your network's not running properly, if he takes forever to call you back, are you paying the company good money to keep things working but you're still having constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues, does your head hurt from having to deal with all of this? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom at Heritage Digital, 843-664-8989. Heritage is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your network runs correctly all the time. It's for one low monthly fee. Uh, I know that When I've done this before, one low monthly fee is great. With clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So please call my friend Matthew Odom of Heritage today, 843-664-8989. That's 843-664-8989 or heritagedigital.com and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and for all. This portion of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Heritage Digital. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. It is opener eve on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Didn't know if we'd have an episode today. Uh you know, sort of tinkered with the format, had the big Gamecock preview show with Japes B and Goldwater that just wrapped, uh, really had fun doing that, but we got some mailbag questions. I sort of wanted to get to before the season opened because, you know, while they're relevant, <laughs> uh, and, uh, had some thoughts, more thoughts about the game, you know, preview and prediction, uh, and want to thank again, uh, Cindy Searfoss, uh, of Caldwell Banker Realtor in Spartanburg uh, for sponsoring that segment. Um, and, uh, you know, had that yesterday, gave the prediction 42 to 10. Um, I don't know. I'm in a better mood today, guys, for some reason, maybe it's cause the season's finally, this week always goes slow. Uh, and then, you know, uh, as my uh, partner on the big spur, Tony Morrell pointed out, and this is truthful, uh, this week goes slow. And then the next thing, you know, we're sitting there and it's October and we're like, why is the season going by so fast? <laughs> But this week's always a grind. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, August, for the most part, breezed by. And then, you know, here we get to this week and I'm watching paint dry. But I'm in a better mood today. It's Friday. Uh, that's always a good thing. Again, like I said, uh, and I'll if you go to thebigspur.com uh, later today, you're going to find, you know, this podcast. You're going to find the JB Goldwater thing. I'm going to link all that up and spray it out and spread the word. Uh, Darren Goldwater, Jamie Bradford, myself, Michael Flint, big Gamecock preview show. Uh, we gave some predictions, talked about some other games, that kind of thing. Uh, got uh, in this news and notes segment, again, thanks to Heritage Digital, uh, who the ad you heard at the opener. Again, give Matt Odom a call if you got to get your network right. Um, we, uh, I, I got some, some thoughts. Uh, last night, uh, Thursday night, you know, 16 football games last last night. Got a great time watching them. Ohio State, Minnesota was very entertaining. Uh, UCF, the Gus Bus getting a big win over Boise State. 
I had to come from behind to do it. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, the two games Gamecock fans were kind of focused on, uh, Tennessee uh, playing Bowling Green in the opener. The Josh Heupel era begins in Knoxville. And then East Carolina, App State, that was a – you know, first and foremost, a shout out to the App State and East Carolina fans for uh, a pretty good crowd in Charlotte for, for that matchup. Um, you know, those are two North Carolina schools that historically have been the, a pain in the backside uh, to some of the uh, bigger North Carolina schools <laughs> uh, and, and some other folks. Of course, App State made their mark with that Michigan win a few years back, and they've been really, really good, really solid. Beat the Gamecocks, of course, uh, in Columbia in – a 2019 embarrassing loss for the Gamecocks. Not so much that they lost the game, but how it went down when, you know, your defense shuts the offense down, you play an app, you, you, you sort of expect to win the game. I mean, that, that was kind of the key. Uh, but the Appies got out with a win. And then last night, Appalachian State really took it to East Carolina. Uh, and so, you know, we'll talk about Tennessee in a second. Let's talk about ECU first as they're coming up next week in Greenville. Um, and look, we, we haven't watched the Gamecocks play yet this year, you know, so it, it's hard to kind of get a comparison uh, in terms of anything but speculation. But, you know, I, I thought for a while when people talked about ECU this year, uh, the, they were still kind of a year away just following their recruiting, looking at their personnel, looking at how they played last year. It's coming, but I don't think they're there yet to the point where some of the better East Carolina teams over the years have been under Skip Holtz, Ruffin McNeil, um, you know, you name it, going all the way back to to who? Steve Logan, Bill Lewis, those guys. Um, and so, you know, looking at it, uh, I think that, uh, you know, that's a game where if things go according to plan for South Carolina – you know, you, you have to think going in, and we'll preview that all week next week, that uh, Carolina has an advantage on the lines of scrimmage uh, against ECU. Just watching them play last night, they really struggled to stop App State's zone running team. But I'll, I'll caution everybody and say – or run, zone running game. I'll caution everybody, though, and say that there are a lot of teams that struggle stopping App State uh, and, and that uh, the zone run game that, that they have done for years and done it uh, to perfection. Uh, at times. So 33-16, the happy appies win uh, against ECU. Uh, and then Tennessee, uh, you know, they came out, looked really good, put 14 on the board. And that was 14-6. to six, And then they kind of ran away with it. 38-6 uh, to six, uh, was the final. Um, I, you know, Bowling Green, we, you know, just going off last year or the, yeah, they, they, they weren't very good. They were a bad Mac team. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I look at it and, uh, it, 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 it was not <laughs> the most impressive, uh, opener. Uh, but I will say it was an opener, you know, and it, Joe Milton, I didn't think played all that well, 11 for 2340 yards. Uh, I'll say this, <laughs> I like their backs. Um, and they they seem to want to run Milton. Uh, he had 14 attempts, 44 uh, net yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, I like their backs, 326 yards rushing. That shouldn't be a surprise against Bowling Green. 
Uh, you know, and, and of course they Bowling Green could not, uh, they, they really couldn't, um, stop, uh, run the ball. <laughs> Their quarterback had to sling it around, complete a lot of short passes and that kind of thing, uh, in the football game. And, uh, you know, you hold a team to six points, that couple of field goals, keep them out of the end zone. That's, that's important. Uh, and so, you know, when you outrush a team 326 to 32, you're, you're usually going to win. Bowling Green is penalized a lot. Um, that said, though, I was not overly floored by the Vols. Uh, they have competition coming up next week uh, against Pitt. Pitt is a stubborn, good, well-coached uh, football team. You know, they're kind of like, in a lot of ways, remind me sometimes of Kentucky, uh, but they're in the ACC uh, from the sense that, you know, and, and they kind of recruit some of the same types of guys uh, from the sense that, you know, they, they don't hardly beat themselves. You know, they're not going to throw it all over the yard. They're going to, you know, methodically go up and down the field. They're going to play good defense. Uh, so that Pitt-Tennessee game will probably tell us a little more about the balls. Uh, but I just, you know, uh, Joe Milton, I, I guess the idea is to run him um, and, and all that uh, for Josh Heupel's team. And uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, initial talk, <laughs> uh, initial takeaway, I guess, what you would call it. I, I would be less concerned uh, if you're the Gamecocks, a little less concerned, not a lot, a little less concerned if you're the Gamecocks about those trips to Greenville, North Carolina next week and trip to Knoxville on October 9th. Uh, but I mean, you, you never downplay a trip to either one of those places if you're a Gamecock. But you know, my my opinion is probably after watching those two teams, uh, that they will both get better, uh, as all teams tend to do between week one and week two. Uh, but I, you know, you, you got to kind of expect that Carolina can match up. Uh, you know, and, and for a year one situation where the whole country thinks you're this is massive rebuild, you know, that's good news. Uh, I talked to somebody last night. It's just like, you know, South Carolina uh, needs to just find wins any way they can get to six or seven crap, you know, get back to that low standard or that that baseline standard. Uh, and it'll be a successful year wins and losses uh, wise for the Gamecocks. So, you know, and it starts tomorrow night with Eastern Illinois coming in as a 42-point underdog. Uh, according to some uh, offshore lines, I, I haven't seen any lines, uh, you know, on, on the, the, the uh, DraftKings and things like that. Uh, I think they may put them out, though, closer to game, closer to kickoff. Uh, so that was that. And, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Got North Carolina, Virginia Tech tonight coming up at 6 p.m. The Hokies. Uh, playing the Tar Heels, that's a game, you know, you probably want to watch. You know, I, I don't know who's buying North Carolina this year, uh, you know, who started buying North Carolina this year uh, <laughs> with some of their personnel losses on offense. But their defense, if you notice, since Mac Brown's been there, they've been stockpiling defensive talent. Uh, so the North Carolina defense, which was not that good last year, uh, could have a renaissance. Um, and I read one of the national guys talking about that on Twitter about, uh, oh, it was Josh Pate that little birdie told him that they're, they're excited about that personnel in Chapel Hill. Rightfully so. They recruit out of D-line heaven. They've got a bunch of good D-linemen. Um, so we'll see how they match up against Justin Fuente and the Hokies. 
Uh, could that be the beginning of the end? You know, looking forward to that one uh, tonight as well. Uh, Gamecocks cannot turn the ball over uh, tomorrow night. Don't be sloppy. Uh, don't, you know, and look, Tennessee won by 32 points and shut them out 24 nothing second half. Uh, I mentioned the rushing total, but you know, that was a sloppy game. I and mean, you looked up in the second quarter and Bowling Green had outgained them 123 to five in that quarter. And you're like, oh, that probably shouldn't happen. So the game, the Gamecocks need to avoid stuff like that tomorrow night. I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna. I picked a 32 point win for the Gamecocks, 42 to 10, but, um, you know, you, you just want to look good doing it. Uh, look like you know how to play football uh, out there. Uh, and we talked about that on, on the big game cock pregame show uh, as well. Um, so, all right. Promised you I would get into the mailbag because that's that's kind of the – it's mailbag Friday. Uh, we're going to do some other interesting different things here on Friday as well, uh, you know, with some guests or something. Coming up with kind of a, a a grab bag Friday, if you will. I may call it that, grab bag Friday. Uh, sometimes we'll have a guest. Sometimes we'll just do mailbag, that kind of thing. But wanted to give you guys something to maybe listen to pregame tomorrow while you're driving to the stadium, uh, and that'll be good. Uh, but the mailbag, as always, is the iHelp Consulting mailbag, and we really thank Daniel Owens at iHelp for sponsoring it. If you're a business owner, you're always looking to save time and money, and that's where iHelp Consulting can help. iHelp is a Gamecock-owned and operated company whose only mission is to help businesses save money on expenses. So if you're paying too much for credit card processing, uh, for in-house internet service, uh, for insurance, anything else, iHelp can find your business the most savings without sacrificing quality. And remember, if iHelp can't save your business any money, you don't pay them anything. That's right. If iHelp can help your business, there's no cost to you. So call or text Daniel Owens at iHelp, 843-372-5713, or visit iHelpConsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. That number again, 843-372-5713, iHelp Consulting. How can I help you? Proud sponsor, tell them JC sent you, of the Inside the Gamecast podcast mailbag. So we're going to roll on. All right. So Charles, first-time emailer, put his entire email uh, in the title of the email, I like that. Um, and he's talking about uh, the uh, Gamecock football Twitter account and the culture change video that they released last night. Very powerful video. Uh, these schools, you know, release these things. Like the Colorado one the other day with Ralphie. You know, I guess they, they've got a new Ralphie. Ralphie's the Buffalo that, you know, is the Colorado mascot. I, mean, I almost choked up. Chris Fowler, Colorado alum, narrating it uh, about Ralphie. I mean, man, it's, it's just stuff like that uh, is what uh, makes it. The Gamecocks, Justin King and his group topped it with the culture change talk and, and all that. And Charles says, Gamecock football, the culture video, just watched one of the most impressive and powerful videos I've ever seen. If one doesn't get emotional and cheer on the team, coaches and players combined, you are not loyal fans. Let's be positive. The culture has changed, and let's play football. One of the things Shane Beamer said when he got hired was, I look forward to establishing the premier culture in all of college football. And you hear that word. You've heard culture change every coach that's come in uh, at South Carolina. And, you know, I, I think every coach, you know, starting with Lou Holtz, to through Steve Spurrier to Will Muschamp, uh, did change it in certain ways. Um. 
sometimes, you know, with, with, with Muschamp toward the end, I, that change was not the right direction, obviously, because there were issues with that. Um, you know, but Beamer's come in with a different approach than all of those guys. It's it's a it's a much I, I want to say modern approach. Uh, and 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 folks, you know, reality is this: it's um, <laughs> kids, college kids these days are different. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> And you got the baby boomers before us, and then you got the millennials behind us. Uh, and, and these folks, I guess they call it Generation Z or Y or something. Z, I guess. Uh, these guys are different. I mean, you reach them in different ways. Uh, they've all grown up with the Internet being a part of their lives. You know, back in the day to learn and obtain knowledge, had to go to the library, you know. <laughs> uh, now it's on their phone, uh, you know. And, and so – uh, I think that these guys are all real smart, uh, but, and they, you know, they don't have a, a large threshold for BS, like fakeness and stuff like that. And look, th- this is not about Will Muschamp and, and the previous staff and what they were doing, or, you know, I'm not saying they were fake or, I mean, far from it, but you have to be real, like Beamer said, and consistent and the same and reach them uh, in a, in a positive manner. You know, and, and, and as Beamer said many times, it's not that they're not going to be tough and physical and, you know, make the opponent uncomfortable or not make the opponent uncomfortable. I mean, there, there's not a bunch of nice guys, you know, out there. Uh, it's football. It is a football game uh, that you play football, you know. But as far as the mental preparation uh, and, and what mental preparation does for you is it, it helps you when you ultimately face adversity, which will happen. The Gamecocks, there are going to be some bad plays this year. There are going to be some great plays this year. There's going to be some games that change, uh, circumstances change in the game. You know, you, you got to learn how to like power through all of it. And football is an allegory of life. And that's the case in life as well. So uh, I'm very, very impressed with that part of, of how the program has turned and evolved. Uh, that doesn't always lead to a 10 and two record. Right. But you don't deviate, you know, you, you don't deviate, uh, you know, and I was talking with someone the other day and, and he, you know, knows Shane and knew Muschamp, champ knows Dabo Sweeney and uh, was talking about, you know, people wonder how one of the big reasons Clemson has risen uh, is because of the culture at that program. And it's, it is Clemson is a unique culture within college football, they can win recruiting battles against Alabama or, or Ohio state uh, a lot sometimes because they are different and some kids gravitate towards certain types of programs. And that's, uh, you know, South Carolina, I think has always needed to be unique. It's a unique place, a unique school, unique mascot, unique fans, um, unique state, uh, you know, um, it, it, so, when you look back through the history of South Carolina football, when the Gamecocks have been good, it's been unique, you know, going all the way back to, to Joe Morrison, Jim Carlin, um, those teams and right on through to Holtz and Spurrier, you know, unique, you know, you you can't be Alabama and Georgia at South Carolina. You can't be Alabama, Georgia at Clemson. Uh, And so I, that part of it, uh, I have been impressed with, and I agree. Now, 
look, will it lead to winning or not? I don't know. You know, I, we're kind of going into the unknown and it doesn't always, uh, but I'd rather take my chances with this approach uh, than, you know, another, the, the, some of the other varieties of approaches you can take with establishing a culture within a college football program. Charles, thanks for your email. Really awesome. Tristan, who is now a frequent contributor to the iHelp Consulting mailbag, uh, says, how many drops are acceptable in this first game? Zero, unless they're moderately contested. I, you know, drops are something I'm not going to have a lot of tolerance for um, this year. <laughs> and nor should and, and it doesn't matter what I can tolerate or not. No, I, I don't think Justin Stepp and Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield are going to have a, a Eric Kimry, uh, Montario, the whole staff. I don't think anybody's going to have any kind of patience for that. Catch the ball, um, you know. You know, I, I just you know, and, and you can get into it too. You know, sometimes, like you said, there's a contested ball and. Oh, he could have had it, but the defender was there, you know, and it, it just kind of depends on what happens. But just straight up drops, no, you know, that, that's been a problem with this program um, for a while. I mean, I couldn't believe it in 2018, you know, Debo, Samuel, Brian Edwards uh, all had, you know, the, some drop issues. Um, hit them in the hands, the back sometimes. Rico Dowdle, remember the Georgia game? early bounced off his pads or whatever, but, um, you know, shy Smith, even in 2018, he's one of the most sure-handed receivers Carolina's had, um, had a drop issue. So I, you know, that needs to change. And, and, you know, Josh van, like, like he's really improved. And one of the things that people have talked to me about is in practice, he's, 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 Knock on wood, eliminated that. I watch him go drop one. I've probably jinxed Josh Van, and I, I feel bad about it. But, yeah, that's a key, man. Drop passes, turnovers, penalties. You know, uh, you keep hearing the term clean football from Marcus Satterfield and other folks, um, and I think that's exactly what the Gamecocks have to do uh, these first two football, really the whole year. Really, you because you just don't want to beat yourself. And, you know, some people out there – interpret that as saying, well, you're playing conservative or whatever, uh, but you're not, you can play, you can be not conservative at all and play a clean football game. Um, you know, is it realistic that that's going to happen in game one? Probably not. I think you're probably going to have some moments Saturday night where you, you want to throw your remote through the TV or you're, you're frustrated, get up and get a Coke or a beer at the stadium, you know? Uh, and, and that's just, that's just openers, you know, that, that happens. Uh, but you know, that's uh, that's that's why, you know, college football is great in a lot of ways. You know, you, you just you have so much mystery because there's no preseason games, no scrimmages. You're not, you know, the last time the Gamecocks lined up against another team was Kentucky. The night sh the news broke that Shane Beamer was getting hired. So, you know, that that that's caused every college in the country. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, no zero drops are acceptable, Tristan. I agree with that completely. And thanks again for. Coming into the pod and the mailbag, the I Help Consulting mailbag. Keith says, hey, JC, what is one lesson you hope Beamer learns from each of the past three head football coaches at South Carolina? Um, lessons? Well, with, with, with Lou Holtz, you know, uh, I think one of the lessons that, that, that you know, 
you can gleam and, and look, Beamer's not going <laughs> to emulate this. Lou, Lou was just not around a lot, you know, uh, especially those last three years. And, you know, Skip was kind of running the program, uh, which is fine. I think Skip Holtz is a heck of a coach. Uh, I think the a head coach, you know, and he's proven that during his career. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to recruit against that. Uh, I thought Holtz recruited relatively well. Um, but I also think that the program lacked a lot of discipline during his tenure. Uh, so be more disciplined within the program. Uh, you know, from Steve Spurrier, it's that, you, you know, you have to be involved with recruiting. Uh, you know, Muschamp came in, and Will Muschamp was actually the best recruiter on the staff when he was there. You know, some of the other guys did a good job too. Um, and for Muschamp, I, you know, I, I think you can learn, you know, that – you have to be different, you know, in a lot of ways at South Carolina, like we just talked about. Uh, you can't just roll out the Nick Saban blueprint and it worked. And, and look, you can't roll out the Nick Saban blueprint and it worked most places. You know, you you um, you look at what happened at Tennessee with Pruitt and Derek Dooley, Sue Saban guys. You know, you, you look at the Muschamp situations. Um, you know, it's, it's not always uh, – applicable you know that you can do that um you know and i and i think you know in talking to people about when billy napier was a candidate at south carolina one of the things people told me that they were concerned about uh, and i don't know if ray tanner had this concern or not was that you know he he learned so much although he did work for Debo swinney and some todd graham and some other coaches it's all alabama light right and uh you know that doesn't always work you know, that doesn't always work. And so I think the lesson to learn from the Muschamp era, if you're Beamer and he's doing it, uh, is to be more unique with your culture and, and say this is the Gamecock culture. This is not a replica uh, of Alabama uh, or anywhere else. You know, this is a unique college football culture. Thanks, Keith, for the email. Certainly appreciate it. Eric, what's up, JC? I hope all is well. I actually have a hypothetical question I was thinking about when you talk about when you were talk when you were talking about who Spurrier left for Muschamp. My question is, what do you think would have happened had Spurrier never made the comment about coaching a couple more years and had not quit with what Muschamp inherited on offense? And considering that cost that cost us guys like Arden Key, Kelly, and Alexander on defense, I think Spurrier could have righted the ship if he would have stuck it out and done something different on defense. I know it's speculation. But just something I found interesting after thinking about it. Yeah, I think Steve Spurrier, after 2014 – and see, here was the problem, though. So, 2015, you had so, – so, after 2014 happened, you know, and you're going in uh, class of 2015, right? Obviously, they needed help on defense. And the problem with – and really – after 2014, they should have cleaned house on defense. Everybody on that side of the ball should have been gone um, because of how – I mean, that that literally poor defensive play and personnel management cost them, you know, the SEC East. And, and if you're Steve Spurrier, that, that, that usually meant you're fired. You know, he, he didn't have tolerance for that at Florida uh, and didn't have tolerance for it at South Carolina either. Um, the problem was, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, Spurrier wasn't wanting to fire anybody. He, he kind of squeezed John Hoke in, and then that obviously was a disaster. But the problem was Lorenzo Ward, you mentioned all those guys that were committed. 
Ward was the recruiter for Alexander. Ward and Gar- Grady Brown for Alexander, for Kelly, uh, for Arden Key, uh, you know, so – you know, I, I don't know what you do, you know, because so you could say that clean house on defense and bring in a new staff and uh, away you go. But you don't know if those guys would have even if, you know, Spurrier hadn't have made that comment. You don't know if those guys would have stuck if their recruiters and coordinators were gone. So, um, but yeah, Jair Alexander, I remember when he decommitted, they weren't too worried about it. And, you know, it was kind of funny because you had Mark Fields. Uh, who who was the higher rated guy who flipped to Clemson and Alexander flips to Louisville, and then the Gamecocks got Rashad Fenton. And I think if you you know talk about like their long term upside, you'd probably rank Alexander one, Fenton two, and uh, Mark Fields three. <laughs> so you know, there, there's another lesson that in recruiting uh, things aren't always absolute. But um, yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I know this. I'll say this. Steve Spurrier, watching him coach in the Alliance for the Orlando team, um, the Apollos, uh, he hadn't lost – at that point, he had not lost his ability to dial them up. In fact, he was probably a little more sharp there than than, than maybe sometimes at South Carolina late. Uh, You know, so – I think he could have probably kept going. I did think at the time, though, if he would have kept going and, and kept it above water, they needed to be kind of a, a a secession plan. You know, somebody on staff. And now whether that was like Sean Elliott, G. Mangus, whoever, you know, they needed to kind of have something lined up, uh, you know. And, 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 you know, Steve Spurrier probably – I don't know if he'd even gone for that. So – that's interesting stuff, though, Eric. Thanks for the question. Uh, you know. Uh, okay, so Tales from Willie B. Jeff says, I would never begrudge anyone for trying to earn a living. Like I said, hey, go for it. Just doubt many think about the licensing or lack of. And again, repeating myself, it behooves the fan sites to be sensational uh, to get your attention. Thanks, JC, and all the folks that help us bring your shows and podcasts. Only 48 hours to go. Toe hits leather, and our next era really begins. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. You know, fan sites, sensationalism, stuff like that. You know, I, I see a lot of it. But, man, it, that's kind of the world we live in. You know, I, I used to, man, I used to really get butt hurt or butt chapped about some rogue – information outlet that was like false and you know inaccurate half the time you know all that good stuff and since yeah all that good stuff but uh i I let it go now i'm just you know uh and now something's extremely moronic i'm gonna call it out but uh i uh you know a lot of folks out there talk about the gamecocks write about the gamecocks uh more power to them I, i i and i think in certain ways it you know, because I care about the fans and, and readers and members and people like listeners. Uh, in a lot of ways, it just gives you guys more to consume. Now, the, the problem is sometimes you got to kind of separate fact from fiction and stuff like that. But uh, that's it. But yeah, 48 hours to go. Actually, closing in on about 30 right now. So appreciate your email there. Darian rounds out the I help consulting mailbag 
What do you think of Eric Shaw? Will he be a factor this season? And if so, at what position? Shaw has worked some at receiver and some at tight end. At tight end, he's he's got to bulk up a bit. Heck of an athlete. They love him. Uh, kind of like Rashad Amos. Uh, and I'll remind people too, you know, because things have been bad around here on the field, wins and losses wise. Uh, I, I think that there's sometimes a tendency when you got a promising young player to go, oh, well, what's happened to them? They're not on the two deep or whatever. And it's really like their second year. Uh, and Shaw and Amos are second year guys. Uh, I, I, I think it's a positive to have guys like them. And I'll, I'll mention Gilbert Edmond too and throw him in that, that are promising youngsters uh, that are behind other guys now, but do have the talent, uh, I think, to uh, to be really good. You know, now uh, if the receiving core, you know, flips out and there's drops and they can't get up, you know, they may try Shaw there uh, because he's just a, he's a great athlete. Um, and so, but he, he's got a bright future. They, they really like him and he's a, he's still a tight end. And I, I don't anticipate him going back to defense like he did last year. Uh, although, you know, he's got, he had, he would have promise at that position too. I, I think he's their young tight end of the future. Uh, if that makes sense, or uh, we'll be in the mix with bell and uh, Mullins and those guys. Thanks Darren. Uh, and thanks to you guys for listening today on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. I uh, hmm. I guess I've only been doing it 30 minutes. I guess we got kind of a shorter deal today. And that's fine. Um, 31 minutes. So, yeah, quick mailbag segment, <laughs> uh, you know, for a Friday. Uh, like I said, I wasn't going to do it, but wanted to answer those questions. Thanks to iHelp Consulting. Uh, and Heritage Digital for sponsoring uh, our podcast here. And I want to wish you guys happy game day weekend, uh, our opening weekend of college football, uh, Labor Day. Uh, get out there, grill grill some, have a few cold ones. Uh, you know, if you don't like to drink cold ones, uh, have some iced tea <laughs> uh, or a soda. Uh, and enjoy this, folks. It, it only comes once a year and you know, it's, 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 there's only one opening weekend, you know, uh, and, uh, it's college football. And after what we all went through last season with this sport and the losing and the coaching change and all that, uh, it's a welcome development that it's back. Uh, and I certainly, uh, am fired up about it, uh, completely. So thanks to you guys. Inside the Game Cost Podcast, signing off for the week. Like next time I talk to you guys, uh, a game will have been played. So that'll be awesome. Until next time, JC Sherbert, you guys have a good one. <laughs>